I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and I'll have you know that Avsenetsky was a handsome woman in her day. All right. You think it's easy co-hosting 179 podcasts? And I'm Avsenetsky, and I am the hero of this podcast. Alex, you are a secondary character, a complication you could eventually kill off. (laughs) Welcome back to Pretty Good Friends, a friends podcast between pretty good friends. We are here today to discuss season one, episode 11, the one with Mrs. Bing which originally aired on January 5, 1995. And um, ah, you asked me almost like condescendingly at the end of last week's episode, you, you remember this one's about next week, right? And I said, yeah, but apparently I didn't because I did not remember Morgan Fairchild. I thought we were going to be meeting Chandler's dad in this episode. Uh-huh. Okay. No, no, that's not for a while. Yeah. I guess that comes much later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we Instead, we meet Morgan Fairchild playing uh, Mrs. Bing. Yeah, yeah. This is now, I guess, is the third parent we've met, right? We've now only met the two Gellers and yeah. and now not having um, yet met one either bin. of Rachel's parents, I think is surprising based like if you're coming into the show, you see episode one, right. she's running away from her wedding. You think, Oh, if you're whose parents am I gonna see in this group? I think you would have guessed Rachel would be uh if not if not first, then second right after Ross. Right. It's pretty surprising they don't have a, at least one scene of like the parents coming to see how she's living. Like we yeah. get the the friends from Long Island's But they weren't even coming, coming to see her, they ran into her. Um oh, I think well they, they well, came yeah, to I see guess, her. Yeah, yeah. Once they, they were, were specifically yeah, once they were coming to Yeah, once they were in the city. Right. Oh, do you think, Your yeah, mother but, said you were work you work here yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. true. But the mother, shouldn't the mother be here like, you know, at least every other weekend or something or trying or checking her out? Yeah, you would you would have yeah. think that the way the season starts that yeah. they that they would play a prominent role. Like yeah. we have them on the phone in the first episode. Well, that's why yeah. the show's called Friends. Um, that is why it's called Friends. Yeah. And and I think probably intentionally they did not want to lean into family too hard at all because they're really trying to emphasize that this show is about this group of friends. Yeah. Yeah, but we honestly we do actually see a, a pretty good amount of family Ultimately, in season yeah. one. Yeah. Well, we we go to we go oh and even in season one you're saying yeah 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 we'll, we'll see we'll see Joey's family and I think really that's that's one of very few we'll see individual sisters but we only see the whole family together for Joey I think in season one right. Um, I I couldn't tell you everyone, but yeah. I know we do see at least one Joey family member. No, we see individual in sisters. One. No, but we yeah all right well whatever we'll stop spoiling yeah we'll, we'll, yeah we don't spoil whatever yeah. it's like not that important sure um. Yeah. Um, important fun facts about this episode. This is, I think, the first real Chandler and Joey apartment episode. Like we get one scene of it in one earlier episode where they're doing like the smoking bit. Yeah. But this is like the first episode where they really like there are multiple scenes and like story like things happening in the episode in in the apartment. Yes. Yes. Um, also, we get uh, Rachel's middle name for the first time. Do you recall Rachel's middle name? Rachel's middle name uh, is said in this episode. Yes, I do not recall what it is. Rachel Karen Green. Oh, Karen. Yes, I did note that when they said it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, my uh, my daughter. My daughters are both away for this week, so I was texting with one of the, my older one earlier, and I asked her what movies are you guys watching there because that's obviously all I care about. And one of the movies she said is Murder Mystery. And I said, do you know who the woman for Murder Mystery, what show she's in? 
Um, and she's like, no. I'm like, well, the last time I asked you, do you know what show the person was in? Do you remember what show it was? She's like, yes, Friends. So I'm like, so what show do you think this person was in? She's like, Friends. I'm like, do you know her name? She's like, Rachel. I'm like, how did you know that? Uh, she's like, I heard you talking about it. No, so I, didn't I, know, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know what murder mystery was, but I just left it on. Murder mystery is that Netflix Sandler, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Sorry, I should have said that. Yeah. Um, I thought that was assumed. Um, yeah, we also happen to have just recently seen that episode of Seinfeld, The Wife, in which Courtney Cox appeared, and I said, mm-hmm. "Do you know what show this person is in?" And the answer, of course, is Friends. Yeah, uh, I think my wife accidentally made a Friends reference last night. And it, well, it, she she just said something that to me was a friend's reference. Uh-huh. Um, she we we were at, we were at dinner and she said to me she was sort of looking off into space and she turned to me and she said, which is a nice thing to hear from your wife. She says, "I'm glad you're my life partner," and I said, "Oh, oh. okay, thank you." That's and she thing. said, "That's a very nice thing to say." Yeah, and then she said, "What would happen if you hadn't been? I probably would have ended up marrying some dentist from Detroit." And then she shuddered. So my wife, of course, is uh, famously an anti-dentist, but um, the way that she shuddered, it it seemed like she was looking at Rachel Green's life and saying, I could have married, you know, the local uh, dentist from, uh, you know, my my local hometown. Instead, I escaped to the big city and I ended up with the more exciting you. Very true. And so, yeah, my my wife, uh, my wife uh, also, much like Rachel Green, she thinks she escaped. That was the specific life that she thought for herself. She were married a dentist from Detroit and would have been living in the Michigan suburbs. So. Mm. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, she, but she ran away to New York City, and um, yeah. So will 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 Rachel find her? Uh, Alex Chester, I guess, is the question here. Uh, will she? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> will she or won't she? Well, I feel like that'll take a long time to answer. And the answer, by the way, is Rachel Karen Green. Yeah, you said that, Rachel Karen Green. Yes. Oh, I did. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Um. Okay. So by the way, uh, Miss uh, Miss Norbing, we learn her uh, middle name. Oh, do we? All right. Yeah. Uh, she when, when Jay Leno introduces her, he introduces her as uh, the always interesting Nora Tyler Bing. Oh, interesting. Oh, it's Jay Leno um, in this episode. Yeah, J- Jay Leno. Jay Leno is in this episode. We may have our very first member of a club that we've been waiting to oh. fill. Well, we'll have to have so, a discussion about that. We will. Yeah. Okay. So I guess we should get going if we want to get to all these things that we want to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get going. Yeah, we should go into the episode. Where we start out um, one of the first times on the streets. A um, little bit different. Um, Maka and Phoebe are going up to a newsstand, and Phoebe says. And it's very clearly January. Very yes. Um, one thing to note here, um, I did note that another, I, I, I spotted this and I saw at least one uh, one uh, postman spotted this. Um, you can see in the background where they're walking, Joey's VD poster is still up. <laughs> nice. So which Phoebe says she wants to go see if they have yesterday's paper because she wants to see what her horoscope was from yesterday to see if it was right. Yeah. Um, which I think is actually like, if you're going to like go by horoscopes, like it seems like a valid thing to like check a couple times and see like how did <laughs> it actually turn out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like should, there should be some accountability. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so. Alex, did you did you do any uh, investigatory work at this newsstand? No, you told me to, but I, I did not. I did not look at everything. <laughs> on okay, sorry. Okay, did you? I I, found, I saw some stuff. Okay. Um, the thing that I saw is they. I saw the. I saw the Daily News. Um, that Daily News was from November fourth, nineteen ninety four. 
Um, Even though the episode is supposed to be taking place in January of 95. Yeah, the headline is was something about the um, the, the, the OJ trial jury being set, like fully chosen. Okay. Yes, the 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 um the and the jury will come back with uh with their um not guilty verdict I think in the following September. September October, yeah. Yeah. So so really it's going to be going out throughout season 1 of Friends and into the beginning of season 2. What I could tell you for sure is that it was error of Yom Kippur. I couldn't tell you the day on the calendar that it was. Yes, that's true because I was in Israel at the time and I remember hearing a a 60-year-old Jewish lady walking out of of services on the afternoon the next afternoon and turning to the lady next to her and says, "Can you believe it? OJ got off." What a shock. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I I recall a number number of uh of people in my neighborhood saying in ahead of time saying like, "Can you believe it? How like perfect it is like that he's going to get like his verdict and like they would say like the you know the Hebrew version of it." Like specifically on like the day before Yom Yom Kippur where we get our judgment. Um and then they looked very foolish after the fact when the when they thought the judgment was incorrect. Because uh, now they had to say, well, no, but, you know, I'm still right. You know, it's, you know, if you go out on a limb like that, you look stupid. But yeah, I mean, obviously, it was well, very, they, uh, uh, they should be verdict. very thankful that the that the judgment is uh, so lenient to uh, those who have sinned, because uh, that we all wish for such a judgment, I think, on Yom Kippur. Um, yeah, I would like to get off as well yeah. for all my crimes. Yeah. So, yeah, I think <laughs> as obvious and played in sight as they may be. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be very it'd be very bad, I think, going into Yom Kippur. Uh, wanting a judge to judge harshly for uh, for sinners, right? Isn't the whole purpose of the whole holiday? Listen, we know we've sinned, but uh, we're begging for mercy here. Look the other way. Yeah, it's I mean, very honestly, arrogant to think if you want OJ found guilty, that's very arrogant. You're so confident going to Yom Kippur that uh, that you can uh, stand with uh, all the uh, all the evidence against you. Yeah, you know what? I'm you're right. I'm totally with you. I'm very happy to have OJ as a precedent yeah. for any misbehavior that I'd like to engage yeah, in, specifically Yom Kippur. Right? Yom Kippur is about getting uh, forgiveness from God. So, um, although I guess yeah. I guess the, the first step is to admit that you've sinned, right? And OJ, although OJ did say uh, he wrote the book later, so he <laughs> well, did no, but that was book. that was hypothetical. Yes, yes. I, I guess, uh, yeah. You don't you can't you can't say if during it was a, a work. It was a, a work of fiction. Ashamnu, but God knew. Yes, if yes. I committed slander. Yeah. I have one of the um. I, I try to uh, you know get more in the spirit of the services. I have one of those uh, interlineal uh, translations um, for Rosh Hashanah Kippur, where like you know, it, like instead of it being like a paragraph on each side, each like few words is Hebrew English next to each other, so you can really appreciate what they mean. Uh-huh. And then specifically for the Ashavnu Baganu, which is this prayer we say um, on Yom Kippur, where we beat our chest and we say uh, a word representing each letter of the, of the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph, Bet, Gimel, etc., of another sin that we've committed. And so this version doesn't just have a couple of word translation for each one, but examples, according to the various rabbinic scholars over the years, of practical applications of sins that fall under these categories. And as I read through a number of them, I think um, if these are deemed sins, I'm not sure if I don't want to be a sinner. Like, I hate to be honest here, but like, you know, like yeah. uh, like excessive laughing, like, oh, no, one shouldn't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't laugh. Yeah. Um, yes. I think talking to women sometimes appears there. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm not beating my chest fully earnestly if those are what those are intended to, to be apologies for. Because uh, Fair enough, fair enough. Um, we also have... Now on... I need to apologize for false apologizing. That's true. That's yeah. true. It never ends. It never ends. <laughs> it's very strict. <laughs> no, that literally is one of the ones in there. Is, um, it's like... Uh, is doing, is doing, a, doing a insufficient or insincere teshuva. It's like an apology gross-up. Yes. <laughs> yes, it never You ends. have to apologize on the apology. Yeah. For, even you're allowed to apologize. Literally ad infinitum. Correct. Yes, correct. Yes. 
Till your dia. And, and um, yes, insufficient apology. We also have Sports Illustrated on a new stand, but it's a little bit old. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the SI from June thirteenth, nineteen ninety four. Okay. Except the saving grace that could make it possible it's, is that it's the Rangers. The Rangers are on the cover. Yeah. Although it's not the cover of them of them winning the cup. It's like the cover says Captain Marvelous. It has a picture of Mark Messier and it has like a couple of Canucks skating in the background. And it's like, can the Rangers clinch the cup? So it was like the probably like the week before, like when they were up in the series. So it's like it almost makes sense. Like for sure, if it was like the winning one, like that would make sense that they they would like have that on newsstands like indefinitely in New York because like people, you know, keep buying it or whatever, and they're they're able to get it. I don't know. Um, that's like one's a little bit more random, but probably it's just like whatever was available in like the warehouse, right? Um, there is also this magazine. This is the only other one that I was really able to, to see what it said, but this one I couldn't figure out what it was. Um, it was something called like Native Magazine. I thought it was Nation at first, which I've heard of, but I don't think it was. I think it said Native. Native um, Magazine. Little, it was a little blurry. And the, the cover said in like big red letters, the article on page 12 could save Larry Kramer's life. Okay. Which is a very crazy thing to write on your cover. It's like very like directed at one person. It's like a bill of attainder. Yeah, but you know what? If I see that cover, I'm absolutely turning to page 12. <laughs> what do you know about Larry Kramer? Um, he's like a gay rights activist. Yeah, I know he was a big like AIDS activist. Yeah. Yeah. I assume those go hand in hand, particularly the eighties. Okay. Um, Let me ask you a question. You know how Bill Simmons loves to do his um his golden ages on um on the Rewatchables podcast? Golden Age? What's what's like, which one is that? Like we're like or not the golden age, what peak. do you call it? Yeah, Apex Mountain. Apex Mountain, sorry, yeah. the Apex Mountain. Yeah, that was a terrible job at me. Yeah. Uh the, the Apex Mountain. So certainly in our lives it was, but I'm wondering like what was the Apex Mountain of magazines in general? Periodicals. Mm. Like like for me in the ninety in the late nineties, um, you know, when I lived in Manhattan when I was in high school, especially in high school, there's a lot, there's a lot of places you want to go that you can't get into when you're fourteen or fifteen or sixteen years old. So we spent a lot of time in Barnes and Noble. And specifically in like the magazine section and just reading like endless magazines. Yeah. Yeah, I love reading and, magazines. And now our like children, when I was younger. You, you still do? Or no? No, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't I can't read anything anymore. I don't understand. Whatever. Yeah. Probably because I read all day. Yeah. But yeah, on a screen. The only time I read not on a screen is on Shabbat. Yeah, but I can't anymore. Like I'm like I'll like I'll read a I'll be like reading like a book, whether it's a novel or just like whatever, a nonfiction, anything. Yeah. And like I'll get to like the end of a page and I'll be like about to turn it. I'm like, I have no idea what was written on that page. <laughs> like, I guess I could turn the page, but then like what am, like what are we doing? What are you like, what what are you doing? So you're just like daydreaming. I guess time? I'm just like going in and out and like spacing yeah. out and just like continuing down, but like I'm not like it's like not consolidating because I'm like just like not paying attention enough. Like I think my just like <laughs> the the phones, whatever. That's all like it's completely fried my attention span oh. for for like reading a book. Certainly for like podcasts, I do that. Um, where I'm I I, ha- I've, I barely incorporated anything I've been listening to because I'm also reading something and talking to someone and you know doing seven other things at once. But and by the way, I think I had this argument once with like Dan Birkin in the Thirty Two Fans Patron chat. That's why I don't think you can count listening to audiobooks the same as reading like physical books. Because listening to an audiobook like a podcast, you can be doing many other things at once. When you're reading a physical book, you right. can't do anything else. 
Right. The level of focus is, is yeah. obviously going to be much higher. Or, or, um, or in your case, it's not. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, maybe. So, like, I've gone, my trajectory has been, I've gone from, I used to read books. Then when that, that version, that book that would come out that I would want to read, instead I would get the audio book. Now I don't even have time for the audio book. <laughs> I, I listen to the person when they're on a podcast. Yeah, talk about Talking it. about the book. Uh, I got the gist. And you get, like, 75% of it. Yeah. Like, they tell you, they tell you the main, they tell you, the, like, their main theory. They yeah. tell you, like, their two best examples like one yeah. good anecdote and yeah. like the rest of the book is just gonna be more of like reinforcing it's basically like a trailer for a movie and um you know this is an unpopular opinion because i know that everybody loved barbie but i felt like the barbie watching the barbie trailer completely ruined the movie for me oh really yeah, yeah. I, I, I felt like the best jokes like I, I i saw those things coming and so i was waiting for them excitedly and then i saw them and i was like oh yeah i already uh, enjoyed that I don't yeah, know. listen. Uh, some people little... are uh, absolutists not to watch trailers. I I completely respect it. Yeah, I'm um, I'm definitely not one of those people. But in this case, I think I would have enjoyed it much more if I uh, yeah, had not seen the trailer. That's often the case, and that's you know yeah. that's the reason why some people are just like I won't do it. They like often they often ruin the movie. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of spoilers, we're spoiling uh, next February's uh, um, podcast, your 32 fans movie podcast appearance. Oh, very true. By discussing, uh, yes. So <laughs> I will. I will express no more opinions of movies on this on this podcast. Okay. Right. Oh, because it's like it's like being on the Supreme Court. Yeah. That you can't now be a fair arbiter. Myself. <laughs> you have to recuse yeah. yourself from the movie podcast. From the discussion yeah. of Barbie. Yeah. That's right. You've already said what yeah. your thoughts on Barbie. Yeah. Only Akiva and I may discuss this. Yeah, me. I kind of stayed pretty mum. I, I would say. Yeah, I, I, you know, didn't agree with you, but uh, necessarily, but you certainly just, yeah, you're out. Yeah. Um, the good news is Barbie is still in my uh, top two movies I saw in theaters this year. Yeah. Um. So if anyone knows what could save Larry Maybe Kramer's life, please let us know. Um. Is Larry Kramer alive or dead? No, I saw he died fairly recently. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, he died in 2020. We should have turned to page 12. Um, I don't On know the other he hand, he, from COVID, he did last 26 years longer than the, than the magazine was concerned that he may. So I guess good news. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I don't, whatever. I, I don't need to spend that much time to figure out yeah. how he died. Um, we'll assume COVID, <laughs> but that's how they counted anyway, for sure. You've made that joke before. Yeah. Um, he died of, twice. He died of pneumonia on May 27th, 2020 at age 84. Yeah. I mean, that sounds kind of like COVID. Well, I feel like it would say so if, uh, if it was related to COVID complications, uh, uh, you can be 84 and die of pneumonia. Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's certainly true. It has, it did happen before and it has happened after. Yeah. He, um, um, he had an obit in the Lancet. Um, and the Lancet, I think, would be accurate in its description of the uh, medical reason why he died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so while they're at the newsstand, it's where Monica has the opportunity to spot this very attractive, handsome fellow. Mm-hmm. Not only in the olden days, he is handsome now. And yes. then Monica's like, oh, my God, over there is a man who could break our hearts and plunge us into a pit of depression. Sounds great. Um, but she's like, you know, like, don't look. But like, you know, they're trying to act cool. Phoebe's trying to get his attention. And Monica's like still being shy until finally, as he starts walking away, she does like a very loud woo woo. And the guy like turns around and like loses his bearings. And then a car comes and hits him. And holy shit, um, he gets hit by the truck. Um, good job, Monica. So this is a pretty crazy opener. 
Yes. Um, and we're going back to the hospital. And we have spent a lot of time in hospitals here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is like almost like they do a signing. Like, should we become a hospital show instead? Well, ER is very popular, right? Right. How can we? I mean, you're right. They will do, uh, you know, a crossover episode at some point. Um, and it's like, yeah, how can we get them in the hospital more? Like, we want, like, you know, maybe we could get, like, um, you know, Ross will become a veterinarian because he'll, like, uh, you know, hang out with Marcel. Um, you know, Rachel could get a job as like being like, you know, a receptionist in the hospital and like, I don't know, Monica could be like the cook in the hospital. So like, you know, we could, we could like redo this as a hospital show if it catches on, but I don't think that's the direction they really wanted to go in. I think the coffee shop is, is good for this group. Yeah. I prefer coffee shop to hospital. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're Monica, we're Phoebe and we're a guy in a coma. <laughs> and this is our show. <laughs> yeah, are you a guy who respects a good coma? Um, well, I just found out that you could come out of a coma. Yeah. Anyway, stealing yeah. from Seinfeld again, is, typical. Stealing from Fright. Yeah, yeah. They, they, <laughs> they did a coma like already, yeah. or or not, or they did in the future. Yeah, not even checking the order. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So here, here already, we could just like say at the top that this is like a very, very creepy storyline. Um. I believe we even had at least one postman as well that I saw, and I, I thought that I had too. That like, even in like 1994, if like you reverse the genders here, it's like obvious that this is crazy. This entire storyline that they're like, like there's like a person in a coma that you don't know that you're just like creepily there, like you're taking care of them, you're undressing them, you're like putting like makeup on them, like. Yes, it's very strange. I don't understand even in the first place why these women would be let into the room when they don't know yeah, him. Right. Right. They don't know his name. We know they don't know his name. So how do they even get in his room? Yeah. yeah and, and, and like the hospital would know his name because presumably he had a wallet in him or something. And someone, a paramedic, someone looked at it on the way. And, and he has a bracelet on his wrist. Very clearly you can see when he's lying in bed there. And so on that bracelet would be a name. Um, and by the way, why does this guy have no other visitors? You know, <laughs> as you said, like the putting on makeup if we reverse the genders. Phoebe literally shaves the guy. Like, what? <laughs> right, right. Where yeah. Can you imagine? Going? Can you yeah. imagine? It's great. Yeah. I mean, listen, I get it, but like, I don't know, also, what's, I don't know like, what's going it's on. It's still pretty no, messed up. I have no idea what's going on in this hospital. I have a lot yeah. of questions. Yeah. So this hospital, I mean, which is worse, Very the hospital where they some they are not sometimes they kill you and then but you're not dead, or yeah. the hospital where they just like let people come in and like molest you and like take yeah. clothes. Or, and, yeah. Or the hospital with um with the with the mean nurse who uh, <laughs> right. will treat you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of very bad hospitals in New York City in the nineties. Yeah. Where, which is believable. Yeah. <laughs> City, this I mean, this is like very on the cusp of where like the city like turned around a bit in terms of it like being um, you know, more universally higher end. Um, for lots of different reasons, some of which are good, some of which are bad. Um, and we don't take into that. Um, uh, but um yeah, so it's interesting that um we have these very shitty hospitals because I feel like the hospital situation has gotten significantly better. I have I mean, were the hospitals not good in the before the in the early nineties? I don't know. I mean, I think the uh, yeah. I mean in, I mean generally speaking, the infrastructure in New York City like pre two thousand, but these but these hospitals, uh, you know, are sort of independent institutions. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but still, just like there was just a lot more money flowing into the city. Okay, starting uh, in the nineties and early two, especially after two thousands. Um, yeah, but um, 
So like they're talking about um, like what you know, imagining like what he is, like what his story is. Um, of course, they're making up complete bullshit. Uh, Monica's like, oh, he looks smart. He's probably a lawyer. Thank you very much. Um, Phoebe's like, no, but like he, I think he's definitely artistic. Look, he has these dents in his knuckles. And I guess what they kind of settle on is that he's a lawyer who teaches sculpting on the side, and he could dance. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad that lawyers are getting such a good uh, reputation here because we usually don't. Yes, um, and he's like, and sorry, and Phoebe's like, and like he's totally a guy that like he'll actually listen to you. Like he's not just like you know looking at you, imagining you naked when you talk to him. Yeah, and you know it's just like it's completely a shame that like more guys are just are not like this guy. Yeah, I mean it, it's a funny premise, I guess. Yeah, I mean it's very much like the um, generic candidate in polls. Yeah, where it's like, oh, generic yeah. candidate beats everybody. It's like, oh, seventy yeah. thirty, because like yeah. everyone's generic. Just candidate project is, onto them. Yeah, right. Like, oh, like your guy perfect. that you're like, yeah. oh, okay, the guy who I think is moderate, who I think is reasonable. Everyone will agree that he's good. Um, yeah. So okay, so we jump over to the gang to and Monica's apartment. And at what, so what, at what, I've been calling it Monica's apartment. At what point do we just start calling it Monica and Rachel's apartment? Is it already? Like, I don't even know. Is there a point where it gets, like, cemented? It's probably not. Like, it probably already is, right? I mean, I think as long as it's only Monica's grandmother on the lease, it's Monica's apartment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess. Well, at this point, she's a permanent resident. So, yeah, fine. Monica and Rachel. Fine. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll try to uh, we'll try to give Rachel her due in the, in the ownership. Yeah. Is she contributing to the rent yet, you think? Yeah, I think so. I think she let her stay there for like maybe like a week or um, or so before she's like, okay, like what's the deal? Like, like I thought, oh, yeah. I mean, when Rachel was like really short on cash, Monica never said, "Oh, you don't have to pay me the rent." I don't think rent was coming at that point. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, she has a job, so she be she should be giving she should be contributing something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess you could see it. Monica is like the very much like the caretaker type. Um, it's actually pretty surprising that she didn't have a roommate before because you would think she would like want to live with someone and like have a companion like that. That's very much. Yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't seem to mean our nature to want to live before. alone. Very strange to uh, not have any roommates. Yeah, especially uh, right yeah. as we said, right. She should have 11 roommates. Yeah. Um, so. Chandler and Joey are like making fun of Monica and Phoebe as they all gather to watch a television interview in which Jay Leno is interviewing one Nora Tyler Bing, as you said, Chandler's mom, a, I would say, provocative author who has a new book called coming out called Euphoria Unbound. Mm -hmm. All right. So a lot to unpack here, of course. Where would you like to start? Well, first of all, uh, because I didn't remember that she was on Jay Leno, like she and she'll later on in the episode say she has sold 100 million copies of her books like Chandler is it must be from an incredibly wealthy family. You would think, yes. yeah, how many romance novelists appear on Jay Leno and also have multiple times, right? Right, right. And everybody and in this group knows who this person yeah, is. And, and have sold 100 million copies of her books. I mean, she's like the Stephen King of romance novels, I guess. 
as we'll see, even Paolo, who doesn't speak English, yeah. not oh, only Nora knows her Bing. name, yes. recognizes her. See, yes. Sarah TV yes, says, oh, Nora Bing. That's true. That's incredible. Yes, it's not just the he name. He recognizes an author, an author's yeah. face. I think we've talked before about would even Martin Scorsese's face be recognized, you know, as, as right as much as definitely Ted Danson, not. For example. Yeah. yeah, definitely not by, and definitely not by, or yeah. maybe by someone in Italy, specifically Scorsese. Yeah. Fine. But generally, no. Uh, but yeah, it's crazy that Paolo recognizes this person on Jay Leno. Yeah, um, that's pretty good. Okay, so I have a little game for you. I would like for you to tell me what you think is the order in which the Gang of Six on Friends appeared on The Tonight Show. Okay. I will. Okay, I will guess that Courtney Cox came first. That is correct. Okay. I am mm. going to guess that Jennifer Aniston came second. That is correct. Just oh. three weeks before this episode aired, Jennifer Ooh. Aniston was on the Tonight Show. Um, on the night that this episode aired, Quentin Tarantino was on the Tonight Show. Mm. Okay, so I, I'm. I think number one was probably the easiest. Number two, pretty solid. It's going to get tougher. I'll, I'll go with David Schwimmer, number three. David Schwimmer is incorrect. Oh, because I was because 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 really it's it's the Ross. It's like Ross, like the main star of the show a lot in like season one um, or will emerge that way. Like the will he or won't he with. But but I guess he's but he wasn't doing things off screen. So is Lisa Kudrow third? Lisa Kudrow is third. She okay. was on in June. Okay, so we got all the ladies first. Okay, ladies maybe, are all first. Maybe she's doing. So if they're doing like another project, then I would say Matthew Perry next. Um, it is not Matthew Perry. Um, at this point, it's kind okay. of yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah. Um, it was uh, Matt LeBlanc in July, Matthew Perry in August. Um, David Schwimmer would not be on for like several years. Oh wow. I don't know what the deal was with and that. And Matt LeBlanc was having Not, like the least active yeah, career outside of Friends. You would think, yeah. Um, yeah, Schwimmer was not on until 1996. Oh, wow. Okay, so we have Jay Leno. We may as well get into it. Lots of discussions to be had. This is, I think, our you know, our first like real person playing themselves. Like we do have what's his name in the New Year's episode, Dick Clark, but like yeah. I don't think that like he didn't like that do wasn't that for special. Friends. Yeah, I think they were just they yeah, just sure. pulled a clip for that. Yeah, um, this seemingly, um, and I mean no, it, it is. Um, See, Jay Leno was actually <laughs> the show. On, of course. Do you think Morgan Fairchild was actually? <laughs> that'd be that'd be a great bit, by the way. If 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 a if a, if a late night host like a Leno or a Letterman or whatever brought on a well known actor playing another character with no acknowledgement the entire time. And then we find out six months to a year later that they were filming this for another TV show or movie. Mm -hmm. But in real time, they just did it as a bit. That would be funny. That'd be great. That would be like a Borat thing. Yeah. Wait, so who would do we, we have a cameo thing on our spreadsheet? Well, I don't know yet because we have not yet had someone to join the Tom Selleck club. Who's he? He's somebody. What about me? You're nobody. Why him? Why not me? He's good. You're not. Where's Richard? Your boyfriend is so cool. Really? Yeah, he let us drive his Jaguar. Joey for 12 blocks, me for 15. Wow. <laughs> he must like you the best. Well, we had Jill, we had Jill Goodacre, who was the first person to play themselves. Yes. So now Jay Leno is the second person to play themselves. Correct. And I think that should still be kept as a separate thing. 
Yes. Regardless of how famous. Just Correct. Like in no, Friends, that, that, that's rare that, enough to just be trash. Well, that's what we did in Curb, right? And right. in Curb, and in Curb, for example, we had Rick Chambers, who plays, who is a local broadcaster in Los Angeles, and plays himself announcing the election results in Los Angeles, right? And we counted that as right. a person playing themselves, and of course, they were a member of the Richard Lewis Club, right? Right, because they they are less famous than uh, Richard Lewis and play yeah. himself. Okay, yeah, I don't think yeah. we need Richard Lewis Club for this one. Well, I, I just don't know who the Richard Lewis would be. Well, Jill Jill Goodacre. Right? Oh, okay, fine. So so our two standards are Jill Goodacre and um, Jay Leno and Jay Leno. Okay, okay, Jay Leno is going to be very hard to beat because uh, Jay Leno. In 1995, more famous than Tom Selleck. Yes. Okay. So here's the question. Yeah. So, and this doesn't determine what who what clubs he gets into because there's lots of different clubs he could get into. Yeah. But so the 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 normal determination was originally the Ted Danson Club, yes. whereby you had to be more famous than Ted Danson was when he first appeared on Curb in. 2000, 1999. When you, when, when you first appeared, correct. When you first appeared in Curb. Yeah. But now that if we're going to hold by the standard of Ted Danson, should it be compared – if because if, we're going to be in the 90s when this is – when we're meeting people. Yeah. Should it then not be Ted as measured towards Ted Danson of 2000, but as measured to Ted Danson of the time that the person appeared on well, Friends? I thought, I thought it's the Tom Selleck Club. It is in general. Yeah. So but now, yeah. but now we have someone who actually played themselves, so they could potentially get out be eligible for you know, Ted Danson status for being well, more famous than Ted Danson too. Oh well, Jay Leno's a member of both clubs for sure. Yes. Well, but this, but here's my question. Yeah, I agree that he is probably more famous than Ted Danson was in 2000. Yeah. But is he more famous than Ted Danson was in 1994? I say no. When does Cheers go off the air? Before that, 1992. And what I will tell you, yeah, and some of my research that I did into this, yeah, is that the highest rated episode ever in the history of The Tonight Show is Ted Danson, is the episode that followed the Cheers finale. Okay, nice. So I would say, certainly at that moment in time, Ted Danson was more famous in than Jay Leno. Yeah. Um, you have to also remember, this is like Jay Leno is now only like a couple years into uh, the Tonight Show, so he's not like that the, as famous as the way he. I Meaning, in two thousand, yeah. Jay Leno is more famous than yeah. Ted Danson. Yeah, yeah. ninety five. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he he's he. I mean, he he had been a famous comedian who came on the show all the time and killed, and 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 it, and sometimes was a vacation replacement for Johnny. But yes, but he's not he's not like a national institution the way. Uh, even by 97, 98, I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So I need to figure out what we're doing with this. Uh, uh, we don't question. judge this show by Curb. We judge this show by this show. Now, the question is, why are we calling it the Thomas Selleck Club when he hasn't even appeared yet? Obviously, because him and Ted Danson, the overlaps. But maybe we have to. Call and he. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my thinking was like, he's kind of like the one. He's one of the most famous people. That's like a, that's a regular character on Friends, the way yes, that Ted Danson was. Although, although I would say he is far less famous by now, for sure, and yes. even than any of the core six themselves. For sure. Yeah. So no, he, and, he and, is and not. I, yeah, famous and I guess the question way. is, when do each one of these people pass Tom Selleck in fame? So episode 11 of season one, not yet. Yeah, I don't think we've seen anyone more fit, other, until other than Jay Leno. Now. No, 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 no. What, what I'm saying is, when will Jennifer Addison, Courtney Cox, etc., oh. become more famous than Tom Selleck? Um, by season two, season three, for sure. 
Well, season three for sure. Yeah, but will it even take that long? Yeah, it's hard. I don't. It's hard so, to yeah. remember. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I, I would say Elliot Gould is still the most famous person so far to be on the show, including the sex. As of as of when they first <laughs> appear on the show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, so okay, so is it now Jay Leno? Yes, but oh, but, so that's so this is a fun thing to track. Okay, so that's that's yeah, who, but 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 I don't think we want to count like. Counting Jay Leno as being on the show was a little bit cute because he was on TV on the show. He was playing him like he filmed for the show Friends a scene, but he's not in the world of the show. Okay, so that's why we're ha- we're distinguishing still, between. Yeah, so I, I think he still counts. Like we still counted, as I said, Rick. Um, you know, all, all the newscasters. Um, uh, on on Curb that are do are doing fake episodes of their show for the benefit of Curb, but we don't want that to be like the representative of the club, really. Okay, so I have an so we have our, our cameo tab on her spreadsheet okay and i have one column that says played themselves in which it's i have jill written Goodaker. jill goodaker and jay leno yes and then i have played a character and right now there's nobody in it because i'm thinking we're only putting someone in there if they're if they've if they're famous like we're not well, putting think, every yeah, yeah i think we have to put elliot gould though okay so elliot gould is but he doesn't okay fine so he and, and, is and, and then similarly we put in morgan fairchild okay but what okay all right but who? How are we determining who's famous enough to be in the spreadsheet? <laughs> this ah. is stuff. So okay, so we don't include, or, or or do we include Hank Azaria from last week? I don't know. I mean, we we've Av, ah, you act as if we haven't been discussing this every week on the podcast. We have. Yeah, I just haven't been recording it unless yeah. we say okay. So we, here's what we need. Yeah, Hank Hank we, Azaria doesn't count because it has to be someone who they're bringing them in specifically because they're a big name that they can advertise for all week. Yeah. Right, we need- and Hank Azaria was a voice on on The Simpsons, then the sixth lead in a movie, so he he's not yet at that at that level. Yeah, we need um we need someone to help us with this spreadsheet because it's a mess. Um, if there's a brave volunteer that wants to be, you know, we have a we have an awesome spreadsheet, Lord of the Spread, Michigas. Yeah, um, there's very there's fun stuff. Queen in it. of the cast. Um, we could use some help because yeah. there's like a lot to track here, and it's hard to do during the show. Yeah. Um, and we'll, uh, maybe we even could, uh, find a way to get them some, uh, pretty good friends merch. Oh, Is that a possibility? Uh, yeah, that could be probably arranged. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you're, uh, if that sounds like something that could, uh, be fun for you, uh, <laughs> that would be a, a sweetener. Yeah. We could throw in a sweetener. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so I think, yeah. So uh, playing a character, I think the only one really that we can count so far is Elliot Gould. As being more famous than what? Than Tom Salak. Just being no, just being. Uh, I I don't even think he is more in 1977. He is, but by now he's not more famous. He's just okay. So then why just, does he go? So why does he go in then? We're just listing the celebrity appearances, the 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 celebrity cameos on Friends. Whether but just what like defines... we did on Curb. on Curb, we did this exact same thing on Curb. Of. Okay, so then you have to be in charge of okay. cameos. Okay. Uh, I mean, so who, who here's the ones who played a character. Um, who we listed um, for Kerr, Bob Odenkirk, who, by the way, in season one of Kerr was not at all famous. Right. Okay. So, yes, yeah. I don't know how we, right. I guess um, we just, it was, Mike, it was Mike Haggerty, we listed Mike Haggerty, you know, the guy from a, um, from the AMCO. Um, I don't think, I think he's a, that guy more than anything. Right. Okay. Fine. So we had no, so real we were standard. generous. We were generous. Okay. In all fact, right. So in fact, we should probably include Hank Azari at this point. All right. So fine. So we'll, we'll have to go review, um, hopefully with someone's help. Yeah, just do it right now. Just write down those names. Those are the only oh, we, have to, we have to have proper records. Uh, we have to do this right. We have to do this right. Yeah. Uh, Elliot, um, Elliot Gould, Hank Azaria, and then Morgan Fairchild and Jay Leno in this episode. Elliot Gould, Hank. Yeah, then we can list the episodes in which Azaria. they Azaria. Yeah. All right. 
I'll I'll go back to it. Yeah. Child. And who was the fourth one you said? This is riveting. Uh, Jay Leno. Jay Leno. No, I have Leno. He was on the plate themselves. Elliot Gould. Hank yeah. Azaria. Morgan Fairchild. And Jay Leno. That's it. Okay. No, I got that right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and, and then Jill Goodacre plays on the plays herself. So. I have played herself. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then, but none of these people are in the Tom Sella club, which we're still going with. Uh, for now, we, we don't have a better name for it yet. I don't think we'll get there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to Mrs. Bing. Yeah. Okay. So Mrs. Bing is coming for a visit. She certainly is. Um, Chandler, uh, while they're watching, mentions that he is like, oh, we could watch Weekend at Bernie's instead, which, interestingly, I saw on the uh, trivia page on the fandom that in the contest, like the game show that they play yeah, in a bunch of seasons, um, Weekend, of Bernie, Weekend at Bernie's is said to be Rachel's favorite movie. Oh, wow. So, I have never seen Weekend at Bernie's. Um, yeah, I don't think I have either. It just doesn't seem no, that I necessary. Haven't. It certainly doesn't seem necessary. Um, if you didn't see it by like age fourteen, like what do you need? There's no need to go back. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't need to see it. I get. The, I know the general gist from Pop Yes, Hunter. exactly. Um. So yeah. Um. So on the um on the show, Nora is talking about that she got arrested in London. And Jay Leto's like, oh, my God, what happened? Why did you get arrested? And she's like, well, I was craving too much Kung Pao chicken. Mm-hmm. Kung Pao! Which tends Kramer's to happen favorite. after... Favorite, favorite favorite chicken. After I have sex. Yeah. Which, do I say, that still doesn't explain why you got arrested. All you said as an explanation is that you had sex and then ate Kung Pao chicken. Yeah. Neither well, of those things should result in getting arrested. Well, I mean, I think that the implication is that she needed it so badly that she raced right out without being properly attired or something of that nature. Uh-huh. Or she's, she held up uh, a, a Chinese uh, Yeah, or she restaurant. stole it, something like that. Now, taking into account the fact that we know that she is a sexual libertine and that she loves <laughs> yeah. her Kung Pao chicken, okay? Kramer loves his Kung Pao chicken and has the Kavorka. <laughs> have Kramer and Nora ever hooked up? Because I would say absolutely yes, they have hooked up at some point. Or have they both discovered this amazing connection between sexual propriety and Kung Pao chicken? Well, now you're sounding like George. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's the combination that yes. just causes the sexy explosions. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, so that's my theory that I'm sticking with. Yeah, I like it. Um, And she talks about how she's a great mom. She's looking forward to see her son. After all, she was the one who bought him his first condoms. Yeah, which is used as like a huge laugh line, but that doesn't seem that unusual of a thing to do. In fact, it seems like a responsible thing for a parent. It's a very prudent thing to do. Yes. Now, the joke, of course, is that poor Chandler probably didn't need them. but (laughs) Right. Um, But still, much better than getting AIDS. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I guess if we're if we're bringing it back to Larry Kramer, good good uh good uh callback. Um, we were at the we were at the pool last week, and there was like a kid, like a small kid who like wasn't allowed to go on something or wasn't allowed to be in a certain area, and like the kid was like having a fit, and we heard the lifeguard say, "Better to cry than to die." <laughs> yes. Which is, which is correct. Which is correct. Yeah, it's better definitely better. Yes. Especially, better. A, especially for a small child who cries constantly over tons of nonsense. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, or maybe I heard that story from a friend. I don't remember if I saw that. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Close Either way. Yeah. Uh, so the go. Oh, okay. We go back to um, Monica and Phoebe at the hospital, and they're visiting the coma guy. And like we get this montage that we talked about before. Like they're like reading the news. Teams played sports. Phoebe sings. They shave his face. They come up with his names, and they you know they bond over their shared interests, uh, all of which certainly exist. Um, okay, so now we are where we are in a Mexican restaurant. Everybody yeah. is out. The yeah. whole gang is is going out with Chandler's mom. Which, well, you know, that, I guess that's, that's what that's happens, fine. right? Yeah, your, that, that makes your, fun. your parents come to visit, and yeah, like it's the year in Israel, they take out. Right, parents. they take everyone out. Right. Now, everyone, uh, obviously, it's for the show. Um, but yes, I mean, I would assume that Chandler and thus his mother have a bunch of other family and friends in the New York area who they may want to see other than, um, you know, but anyhow, Chandler's friends. Yeah. Um, but you could also see where like, given the nature of Nora and Chandler's relationship that like, she would try hard, like she would like do things to on his terms yeah. and like, just like if, the, if, to, if the way to get her, him to like go out with her is to like say, oh, and I'll take out all your friends with you. Like, he's like, sure, then I'll do that. But, like, yeah. if it's like, oh, we have to go have dinner with your aunt in, like, Brooklyn, then it's like, not doing it. Um, um Yeah. Uh, it, it's actually, it's it's noteworthy to me. We meet, you know, Nora sees no one other than her son and his friends. Um, we, we literally do not see another human being in the hospital at any point. <laughs> right. It's just Monica and Phoebe and Coma Man. And in fact, there are only 10 characters with speaking roles in this entire episode. The core six, Nora, Paolo, Coma Guy, and Jay Leno. That's it. No one else. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, uh, 10 people talk in this entire episode. Crazy. Um, so, yeah. So Nora proposes tequila shots. At first, Ross is like, nah, I'm not the drinking type. But when Rachel and Paolo come in and they're like, you know, being very handsy and saying that they lost track of time, he's like, all right, shots, 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 shots. We, um, we get a little time lapse to an out very drunk Ross. Yeah. How many shots exactly has Ross had? Yeah. He's had at least a few. I, I bet it wouldn't take much for Ross at that point to get. Well, I don't know. We, we, we constantly see people on this show drunk or high, but never intentionally. <laughs> right? right everybody sort of like isn't it like ross like i'm not really a shots guy but people can change and all yeah but but then he, we constantly at, at least it's not at a funeral this time but <laughs> right um yeah and he's just like getting drunker and drunker as rachel and uh, paolo are like all over each other feeding chips to each other um rachel is like completely starstruck by nora she's like you know like your books are like are amazing they are make like they make me want to be a writer um, like, and Nora's like, no, it's not such a big deal. All you need is like the names of a few European cities, some euphemisms for genitalia, and bam, you have a book. Um, we go a little later, Ross is like coming out of the bathroom and Nora is on the phone and, you know, she gets off the phone and like, they start talking and like, Nora is like, I can tell something's wrong with you. What is it? Um, it's that Italian hand liquor, isn't it? And he's like, well, it's more the person that he's licking. Yeah. Um, and Nora's like, you know, you don't don't get down on yourself. Like, you know, Paolo is nothing. Like, Paolo is just a phase. Like, you're the guy. You're great. And... Now, can I say something? Uh, you know, I don't, as I said at the top, I didn't remember a lot about this episode. 
But the moment Ross comes out of the bathroom here at the start of the scene, it seemed obvious to me. And I don't know, maybe again, it's, I'm not seeing it for the first time. So maybe it just triggered my memory. But immediately I was like, oh, Ross is about to hook up with Nora, isn't he? Um, yeah. And in fact, they, they actually did less than at that moment I was expecting. All they do is just the one kiss. Right. Um, but yeah. But so I, I'm curious if, if, if Alex O or anyone else who if in case they were watching this episode for the first time, if they could let us know, like as Ross comes out of the bathroom, drunk Ross and, and looks at Nora on the phone, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely remembered like as soon as. Yeah. Even just from last one, the, from the one with Mrs. Bing, I remembered. That yeah, that I was, would say uh, one drunken kiss and then immediately stopping. It's not like that terrible. It's not, I mean, it's not like, I mean, maybe it's because in my head, Ross actually slept with her. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and, and uh, you know, if, if uh, now he does say, uh-oh, right before it happens. So I guess that means he had a moment to pause and think about the consequences. Yeah. But, I mean, um, listen, people yeah. have done worse. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, obviously Chandler should be more mad at, at, at his mom than Ross, but, you know, but that, that will be addressed, asked and answered by Chandler later in the episode. But Ross is like a lonely, horny guy who has a track record of pining over older women, as we'll know right. from the teacher, right? And Nora could, you know, get just about any man in New York, so she shouldn't be right. No, and she she knew exactly what she was doing. Yeah. Um, well, she just he, does whatever she wants. And listen, Ross, no, right? Nora Ross is a uh, is a very free spirited woman. Ross was uh, Ross is an easy mark. Yes, certainly. Um, is. Yeah, both in both you know both of our main stories are very like uh, gender reverse roles of like you know these uh, dynamics. Interesting stuff. Um. So, oh, the, the, it, what I thought was like the funniest moment of this episode is Joey walks in on them, sees what's happening. He's like, oh, never mind. I'll just go pee in the street. Yeah. Which, yeah. I, why does he not want to see it? I think it's like great gossip that you'd be hilarious to. Now, as it turns out, it'll backfire on him having seen it. Well, we also know. Well, that, I think this is very common with Joey. Like, Joey like, doesn't want to be in the middle. Yeah. Like, he doesn't want to be involved. Like, he doesn't well, want to have to keep with, secrets. With like, what, he, what happened in London, of course. Yes. That'll be with all sorts of. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think that's that's the best example, I would say. Um, but I think, like, all sorts of things. I think that's like a common refrain of Joey that, like, he just, like, he doesn't want to be in the controversy. He wants to just, like, everyone to be happy. Like, He's and he certainly doesn't want to be, you know, in the mix. Yeah. Um, he's kind of like my mom when you're describing him like that. Okay, yeah, well, I mean, I'm kind of like that sometimes. Like, yeah. I don't like, I don't want to. No, be all all my mom drama. wants, all my mom wants is peace. Right. Yes. Right. I too. I just want to be left alone, yeah. <laughs> so I could do whatever I want. Um, okay, so back at um, we go over to Joey, Joey and Chandler. And Ross, um, you know, he's come over early in the morning. He wants to grab Joey. He wants to like make sure like he didn't that he didn't tell Chandler what happened, which you think he would have probably tried to lock down like that night, right? Like they were like they were like still in the restaurant all together. Yeah. Um and Joey's like goes off on Ross. He's like, Come on, you broke the code. And like Ross is like, What's the code? He's like, Well, it definitely includes not kissing your friend's mom. Yeah. Um, which is fair. Um he says sisters are okay. Um, which is good for Ross. <laughs> yes. For his own sister, I'm saying. Yes. Well, uh. it's, oh, oh, you're saying, okay. <laughs> Others, it's good. It's good for Ross because, because his best friend is going to end up with his sister. No. My best friend and my sister. Yes. Him Spoiler alert. Yes. 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 Sorry. Um, it's also good because Joey has so many sisters. There's so many options available. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, he also says a hot aunt is okay. I think yeah. that Joey does get mad at Chandler later for, for kissing his for kissing yes. the sister. So he it's like he's does. so he's a hypocrite. Yeah, inconsistent. And I think Joey at some point hooks up with somebody else's sister. Uh, oh, with um with uh, with Rachel's younger sister. Is that what it is? So yeah, uh, so Joey's isn't, fl- isn't it Reese Witherspoon? Maybe Rachel's sister. Yes, she does. She does. I don't remember who. Yeah, I guess it makes sense that she dates yeah. Joey. Um, I don't remember though. Um. Yeah, yeah. Joey really peaks like in the later years, um, which obviously that le- that led to him getting the spinoff because he was like the quasi main character by the end. Um, but, so, but I think it's all. I mean, we'll get to this much later on. But it wasn't because also Matt LeBlanc sort of had the least going on of the six. It could be. Um, like I feel like he was most willing to continue to a season eleven, and the other ones didn't want to. Yeah, actually, yeah, that could be, that could be right. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Um, but I do think like Joey by like the end was also like considered like like the biggest like was getting like the biggest laughs. Mm. All right, well, we'll um, have to wait and see. We're nine yeah. years away. Yeah. Oh no, only like five years. <laughs> five years away. Okay. Yeah, no biggie. Uh, we'll only be halfway to fifty. Mm-hmm. Well, not halfway. You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, Half it, fifty would be excellent. Yeah, not even close. Um, so yeah, so when they they Chandler tries to Ross tries story tries to make this a cover story that they were going for an early morning game of racquetball. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, neither of them have rackets or grips or whatever other supplies they need for racquetball. So it's a very terrible uh, cover story. Yeah, <laughs> it seems stupid that they couldn't he couldn't think of something better. Like this was easy to anticipate that Chandler might be at Chandler's apartment. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, um. So Ross goes on to explain to Joey that Nora, you know, like she's not like other moms, like Joey's mom, for example. Yeah. And Joey's like very insulted, like he thinks his mom is not hot. Um. And you know, giving birth to seven children wasn't easy. Um. She was a very handsome woman in her day. Yeah. Oh, seven. And, only seven children. So he only has six sisters. I thought he had seven. Um. Sisters. I think he does have seven, and he just miscounted here. Oh. <laughs> um, or maybe one was adopted. Maybe, or maybe right. He's just not yeah. including himself. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, um. Rachel and Paolo. Um. You know, they're exiting and they're smooching. And like Ross is like, he's so self centered that he's like, do you think they like they only start kissing when I'm around? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Rachel, we've discussed before, but it's completely clueless and it, it doesn't make sense. And earlier we realized, well, the episodes were out of order. But by this point, all the previous episodes were intended to have been aired. So, yes, Ra- Rachel, uh, she shouldn't sit around waiting for this dork Ross who can't make a move forever, but she can be a little sensitive to his feelings. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right. The the real one is the laundromat. Like, that's the one where it's like there could be no mistake about the fact that she should know that he's into her. Yes. Um, even if you disregard the pilot, which I'm like willing to almost disregard pilot, like a pilot, because like pilots often are like non canon, I feel like. In, in, like, yeah. All sorts uh, of sitcoms. Okay. Even, and here, I don't think anything is really canon in Friends to begin with. I don't think it's that kind of show. Um, but. Yeah, we've we've discussed the confusion. I think it's really the laundromat episode is the one that if you pluck out, it all is fine. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so they um they go across the hall. They continue talking, 
and Joey really, you know, gives it to Ross and tells him, like, you know, you need to tell him because, like, the alternative is that Nora might tell him, and, like, that'll be a lot worse for you. Yeah. Um, which is actually a really good point. Now, like, I guess there's always you could risk it that, like, he'll just, like, you know, probably Nora's not going to tell him. You know, I don't know, because she likes to sort of uh, uh, tease and prod him a little bit, it seems like. Right, right. And also, like... The very act of kissing him is is partly to do so, perhaps. Right. And also, it's, like, the type of thing that, like, you'll never be able to move on from, because it's, like, she could always tell him in, like, eight years. Also. Yeah, yeah. Like, it'll always be looming out the there. The cover-up always worse than the crime. It'd be weirder to never have said it, and then... And then, I mean, I got at some point you just forget, I guess. But. Right. I guess if it's many years later, you could be like, well, I don't even know what she's talking about. Yeah. Um, but that's not, you know, you're, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to admit to your mistakes. Especially uh, the day before Yom Kippur. That's right. So, yeah, we go back to the hospital. And here's where Monica and Phoebe each realize that, like, the other one has been sneaking around and uh, seeing Coma Guy without the other. Yeah. Um, now, and now, And now they're getting jealous of each other. It's that weird thing when when you see someone, with, like so they come alone and see them, and so then they're wondering, have they been coming alone other times, presumably? And just this is the time I ran into them. Have yeah. I ever shared? Have I ever shared this story? Um, one time in I was in Morga in Morg Residence Hall where you and I lived together. Uh, mm-hmm. I was there on a Friday night, and I was up all night because you know I, I don't really sleep at night, and I was bored. I didn't have a lot to do, so I was reading a magazine, or whatever I was doing in my room. And um, I went to pee at various times throughout the night because I had to pee. And like three times I went to the bathroom and all three times I ran into the same guy who also lived on our hall who like I didn't know. But like I just ran into the same guy three times in the bathroom that night. And it started to weird me out because I'm like, I've been to the bathroom three times. And he's been there all three times. Like this guy must think that I'm coming to the bathroom so many times because, I, you know, I assume he's been there more than three times. Right. Unless we're just so I went one floor down and I ran into him at the bathroom there. And it was like pure, it was complete insanity. Because at this point, he must have thought that I was a psychopath going to the bathroom hundreds of times on all different floors, unless we both were just on the exact same wavelength. And so, yeah. So how do Monica and and Phoebe know? Maybe this is the first time that that, that she went without me. Uh, But, or you know, but anyways. But the assumption is that it's not. Yeah. Um, well, right. It's a classic, like, they're always there, but like, by definition, if whenever you see them there, you were there. So they can say the same thing about you. Exactly. Maybe exactly. the six times you were there were also the six times they were there. Yes. But sometimes you're like, no, but I could tell they go there a lot. Like, yeah, <laughs> but you basically said nothing. Um, but so... this at least will lead to Phoebe's new song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, we're we have, yeah, yeah, I have another, there. I have yeah, another yeah. scene first. Up. Yeah, we're not there just yet. Yeah. Um, we have uh, we have a Chandler Joey apartment scene mm-hmm. where Ch- Ross is uh, fessing up to Chandler. Yes. First, for some reason, he tries to pin it on Paolo. <laughs> like I don't even like what like what was your play there? Like the, this is that's like that's just like guaranteed to make it worse because well, like, that's going well, to lead. That's Chan- killing two birds with one stone because then he accuses Paolo. Rachel dumps Paolo. That's yeah. the plan there. <laughs> yeah, Paolo except... can't really deny it. It's a different language. He's all confused. He knows Nora Bing. He <laughs> recognized her. He clearly had a crush on her. He's lying to Rachel. Rachel right. dumps his ass, goes crying to Ross. It, it sounds like a brilliant plan, if not for uh, Joey. Except, except all that. And also somebody might ask Nora, who will say, I didn't kiss him. I kissed Ross. Yeah. Well, and then... Just... And then you're like in triple trouble. Yeah, at that point, yeah. Because oh, it's like, yeah, yeah. Now you, Chandler's you, extra pissed at you. Rachel's, Rachel's pissed at you. you. Yeah, Paolo's pissed at you. Monica, I'm sure, will be yeah. like, everyone so listen, will be like, what the hell did you do? There's a loose end. All right, you got, you, you're off Nora. 
Ilaf Nora. Yeah. Ilaf Nora, and then say Paolo kissed her and murdered her to cover it up. <laughs> All right, this is a perfect plan. Perfect this is what Ross should do. What could Hill, go wrong? His best friend's mother. <laughs> his best friend's mother. Yeah. How I killed your, your best friend's mother. Yeah. Be a different um, show. So, yeah. So he realizes halfway through that, like, he can't go through with this lie. And he tell, he fesses up for real that it was actually him. Um, Chandler's like in complete shock, and Ross like tries to explain. You know, I was just like so upset and down about the whole Rachel and Paolo, too much to drink. And Chandler's like, no, like that's not an excuse. Like, you kissed my mom. Um, he says that many times. He he says the words, "You kissed my mom." Um, and Ross is like, come on, it wasn't a big deal. Like, Joey, you tell him, you saw. And now Chandler's like pissed at Joey because, um, and then Joey's like, <laughs> Joey completely throws Ross under the bus and he's like, like, imagine what they would have done if I hadn't walked in on them. Yeah. Which is maybe true or maybe not true. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think happens? I mean, clearly they continue kissing for several more seconds. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Um, so I saw Morgan Fairchild said that like the original thing was that they were supposed to do more than just kiss. Oh, okay. uh, but then I guess they uh, toned it down for whatever reason. Lame. Yeah. Now, I don't know if we really discussed Morgan Fairchild during our, our Tom Selleck uh, club conversation earlier, but like Morgan Fairchild is a name that I know, but I'm not really sure why. I agree. And I looked it up primarily a soap opera star. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably just because it's like such a cool name. Morgan Fairchild? Yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing um, that's not the name she was born And with. maybe it also kind of just – I feel like it sounds the same as other – like there's like other similar names that are similar that it's kind of also just like has a cachet because it sounds like – Oh, it's got pattern. cachet up the yin-yang. Yin-yang, yeah. baby. Yeah, yeah. That, it's, that, a very, that, it's a very cool-sounding name. Yeah. Is there any other famous Fairchild? Like is that like a – I don't think it's Fairchild in particular. Fairchild semiconductors. <laughs> yeah, probably not that. Yeah, maybe some other Morgans. Morgan Stanley. No, Morgan is whatever. Yeah. Um. Okay. Mickey Mor- Morandini. Mickey Morandini. I used him in a uh, Maclid grid last week. Oh, really? The shortstop for the Phillies and what Cubs, was for second Cubs, baseman? Cubs Phillies second baseman. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um. He once turned it on assisted triple play. What percentage did you give him? He was very low. Mm. My friend Isaac, not like uh, not like under one percent, but like you know under in, under ten percent. My friend Isaac turned in on assists a triple play. In oh really? <laughs> he was uh, playing second base for shortstop, and yeah, it was a line drive hit right at him with a double steal on. Perfect. Nice. Yeah. Um, you could also do um, Ryan Sandberg for Cubs Phillies. Yeah, less less uh, a higher number probably. Yeah. Yeah, we're just we're not going to name players who played for the Cubs and Phillies. So you're not going to expect me into that. <laughs> I don't know that many. I'm not that good at the game. I, I'm usually I'm a good I'm a good guy like one or two. No, I, I quit. I'm long gone. Oh yeah, I still do it every day. I like it's it. annoying because, like, if if it was like based on time and not rareness, I think I would do better. So that's when that's what Mike Shore does. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, does the five he sets. He just like sets a clock, or yeah. you just do whatever amount I, of time I, you I, like. Because I'm just, I'm just, I, I think of somebody immediately, and I'm like, oh, that guy's not good enough. Let me think of someone better, and then I just right. get annoyed with myself, and I ruin my day. And so then also fine. sometimes you forget the first guy. Yeah, like, that's well, happened it, to me. Yeah, that that that'd be even more annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't usually get the full nine before I quit. I was getting like I was doing more than two. I was getting like six or seven, I think, but I wasn't getting all nine usually. Oh yeah. All right. I, I'm able to do it most days, but I. I don't. I'm not. I don't go for rarity. I'm not good enough for like. Like if I know if I, I have a guy, I put him in. <laughs> like I don't yeah. give a shit. 
Um, yeah, so um, Chandler um, is not pissed at Joey. I didn't say anything. Oh, sorry. We said this already. Um, so Chandler storms out. Joey follows. And, you know, he yells at Ross again for breaking the bro code. Yeah. Um, rule number one of the bro code. Don't kiss your friend's mom. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, here's where you were talking about. We have uh, everyone back in Central Park. Um, Rachel has been inspired by Nora. She is now writing a book of her own. It is called A Woman Undone by Rachel mm-hmm. Karen Green. Yeah. And things have started to get a little awkward between Monica and Phoebe about the coma guy. Yeah. Joey continues to insist that his mom was indeed hot. Imagine her not pregnant. In that wedding photo. Yep. And then Phoebe gets up to perform a song about the coma guy. Um, but as she's performing, she'll see Monica heading out, using it as an opportunity to sneak over to Coma Guy, and she stops the show to chase after her. Now, um, don't we have on our aforementioned uh, spreadsheet uh, a, a tab for Phoebe's songs? We do. Okay, so you don't have to be awake to be my man. Where do you yeah. rank that among her three songs? I would say this was the worst one, I think. The worst one. Well, I, you know, it's a song that's interrupt us is uh, part yeah. of the frustration. I didn't, yeah, I wasn't really so into what I heard. Where is this tab? Oh, here we go. Phoebe song. So many I already have Coma Guy. Oh, okay. um, nice. And I'm going to say, and wait, so here in our spreadsheet, we just, all we have decided to do is award a number one overall song. That's oh, we're not ranking them all? We're all just right. going to do a championship okay. belt, okay. and which we currently have as Snowman. Yeah, Snowman's the best song so far. Yeah. Um, Although we didn't get to hear the other 11 songs. That I was uh, supposed to know that my mom was dead in the kitchen. It's a good song. Yeah. Good. Um, yeah. This one, I don't even remember the tune. You don't have to be awake to be my man. As long as you have brainwaves, I'll be there to hold your hands. Though we just met the other day, there's something I have got to say. All right. Um, Ross and Joey talk about Chandler's confrontation with Nora. And Ross finds out that Joey knew about the kiss. Well, Ch- Chandler um, finds out. Sorry, yes. Yeah. Apologies. Um, you knew. You knew. Yeah. Yes. It'll become um, a friend's trope. Chandler comes in. He's still pissed at Ross. Um, he calls him a mother kisser. And Ross is like, hey, man. I'm a mother kisser. Two. You're a mother kisser. We can kiss each other's mothers. Kiss each other's mothers. Yeah. He's like, well, listen, it takes two to tango. You can't just put all the blame on me. Yeah. And this is not making things better for That's him. That's the wrong answer. Yeah, yeah. Even though he's correct. But yeah. Yeah. He's like, listen, my mom is a Freudian nightmare. I expect yeah. this from her. But like, this is a real betrayal. Like, from you of all people, like, you knew about like how weird things are with my mom. Yeah. But Chandler knows that Ross is a lonely dork right. and drunk. So, right. And knows what his mom is capable of and yeah. how, how she plays. Yeah, why did you get to go to dinner with, with your mom and have shots with your mom and your friends? I'm yeah. surprised this is the first time that his that his mother kissed one of his friends. Actually, <laughs> I would guess it happened in high school many times. Yeah, you would think it might. Well, hopefully not. High. Hopefully, she waited till they were off age. Yeah, hopefully, but yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> she seems to be the type who like likes to just she's a act scared. like there's no consequences. Yeah, like do what you need to do. What you you know follow your heart. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like everyone's like encouraging Chandler to go talk to his mom. Which, you know, is hard for Chandler to do. Um, okay, so finally, Phoebe and Monica are in the hospital, and there is no coma guy to be found in the bed, for he is awake. He's feeling great, a little groggy, but mostly fine. And he's like, who may I ask are you? 
and they're like, oh, well, you don't understand. You don't know. And there's this like, very awkward game of uh, one-upsmanship, I might say, as they each reveal the different, very creepy, bizarre things that they've been doing for him this entire time. Um, and he's like, oh, okay, thanks. See you around. Um, which they obviously find very unsatisfactory. This is not commensurate with the amount of time that they put into this guy. Um, they should really be thankful that he's not like, I'm reporting you. Yeah, but it, 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 the, the weird part is like that they, they obviously, they don't, and this is the comedy, like they don't give him a chance. They just, all, all of a sudden they project new things on him immediately and start yelling at him and screaming and storm out. But <laughs> it doesn't really make sense why one of them doesn't turn around once the other one leaves and says, but actually, right? they've totally loved this guy right right you would think they would right want to still figure out a way to make it work um yeah so they're like everything's very awkward um and they're like this guy he's just a typical guy like we just give and give to him and then we get nothing in return and like typical guys what should else should we have expected so we head back over to chandler and joey's place and Nora has come over to say goodbye to Ross, and finally Chandler confronts her. Um, he he stammers and stumbles a bit. I think he first says, "Why did you you kiss my best Ross?" And then you said, "Like you like you being to my best friend or something like that," which is you know a fair you know one way of probably saying it. If um you know if all the way is bang, then I think it's okay to say a kiss is bing. Yeah, somewhere okay. somewhere along the way between you know Bing Bong Boong. What bang. is Bong? I know Knicks fans like Bing and Bong, but what, what, <laughs> what is it? Bong is like second base, third base? Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. That's you know in in that fuzz, gray area between second and third base. Yeah. <laughs> and then Bong. And then did you bang? bang? We didn't bang. <laughs> we binged. <laughs> we binged. Yeah, I, I guess we bonged. We we definitely binged. We may have bonged. Uh, yeah. We definitely we definitely did, we not, did bang. not bang. Yeah. Okay. We did not bang. Good. Yeah. Um. And of course, in my situation, we neither bing nor bang nor whatever the other one is in most situations. Um, so, yeah, so Dross and Joey are listening from outside the door. Um, and like he's like, you know, and this is not just like the only time, like this is just a classic you. And um, they got the final awkward goodbye from Nora as she leaves. And they head down in, and Chandler forgives Ross. Um, they have like a nice conversation. Um, Ross tries to uh, like spin, you know, this all really, you know, maybe it was a good thing after all. And uh, he realizes maybe he's, you know, overplayed his hand just for a little bit for now. But uh, he seems to be in an overall much better place. Chandler kind of understands, uh, which, you know, to be fair, Chandler, like it was, you know, it's reasonable to like immediately have the response that he had. Um, and he pretty quick, quickly comes around to, you know, I forgive you. Like, I'm not still not happy about it, but like, I understand how this could happen given the circumstances and the people involved. Yeah. Um, so I give him credit for that. Yeah. It's a good thing that he kissed Chandler's mom. Yeah. So that's all right. That's a little too far, but yeah. Um, okay. In our uh, final uh, post credit scene, we have everyone reading excerpts from Rachel's explicit novel um, and making fun of her for all of her horrible misspellings. Um, I, the, the one I wrote down was huge throbbing pens. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, he's my, he's my best friend. All right, well, Av, who is your best friend? 
Um, I'm gonna say my best friend was Jay Leno. Um, I was never the biggest fan of his uh, of his show, um, but he was uh, you know cheerful enough. Um, I like that he comes on. He asks the hard quitting questions like, "Are you even a good mom?" And uh, you know, he certainly um, I think he really added to this episode. He gave it like a little bit more cachet. Um, you know, made us you know understand the Chandler backdrop a little bit more. That like you know he's coming from someone who could be on Jay Leno. Um, so I will go with uh, Jay Leno. He's my best friend this week. All right. Um, my best friend is Ross. It's a good thing he kissed Chandler's mom. Look at how he uh, <laughs> he furthered the, the relationship between Chandler and his mom. He helped them with their relationship. He also got to kiss a beautiful older woman. Good job by Ross. He's He, he doesn't frequently get W's uh, here in early season one. So he's getting one here. Yeah. And um, on the other hand, the fucking asshole. You're a fucking asshole. That's what you are. I have to say it's Norbing. Don't kiss your son's drunken friend. You can kiss anyone else in New York City. You can and you should, and I will encourage you and celebrate you, but not this one. Yeah, and what and what makes is made very clear in this episode is that this is only the latest in a lifetime pattern of behavior of, of tormenting Chandler, humiliating him, yeah. probably oftenly by you know sexualizing herself, probably with her. Well, friends. I think a little bit of that is probably Chandler's issue, though. I mean, she's probably not the best mom. What what was that show on Netflix? Um, it was like a British show about like a teenager whose mom is like a is like a sex columnist or sex advice. Sex, person. yeah, um, sex education. Yeah, I didn't watch that. I think I watched like one episode of that. I watched like a season and change. I think it was like I liked it. I didn't love it. I okay, moved yeah. on from it. Yeah. All right. So a little bit similar. Yeah. So I think. Is she the best mom? No, but also, you know, it's uh, Chandler, uh, you know, she, or, uh, yeah. who, who knows how much to apportion. It's like a quarterback and a wide receiver. <laughs> um, I think we could put a lot of blame on. Uh, yeah, ultimately. It's, it's Chandler certainly that didn't have the easiest uh, family situation. Yeah. Okay. So is she also your fucking asshole? Yeah, she's also my fucking asshole. I think, yeah, this oh, is wow. a pretty, a pretty easy Noren. Oh, wow. Okay. Why it's dinner for six, five steaks. And an eggplant for BB. What about our five steaks and an eggplant? How would we divvy those up this week? Yeah, so I am going to say that I'm going to give two to Chandler for, you know, being mature ultimately with Ross, um, confronting his mother, you know, challenging her, letting her know how he feels. Um, I think he comes out a bigger, better, stronger person for the experience by the end of this episode. Um, so I give him two for that. Um, I'm going to give to two for Joey for both having what I thought were like the one or two funniest lines of this episode. And then also being like the good friend in the middle between Ross and Chandler. And I think that, you know, encouraged both of them to be honest and confront the person that they needed to talk to. Um, so I give him an extra one for that. Um, I'll give one to Rachel for kind of just like she's having fun with Paolo. Things are good. She doesn't really know what's going on with everybody else. Um, she, she's having a great time. I think she gets a yeah. stake for that. Taking a swing at uh, becoming a uh, romance novelist. Yeah, um, I, I don't. I don't see it working out, but you know, you never know. Um, and then for my eggplant. Mm. So I was thinking that it has to be something with Monica or, or Phoebe because they're like to me the, the ones most deserving of eggplants in this episode. But, like, I kept going back and forth. I couldn't decide. I, I couldn't determine, like, I, I think they're equally guilty. I don't think either one is more or less deserving of an eggplant than the other. Um, I decided there's no precedent for breaking an eggplant in half. So, to me, I didn't even consider that. because I, uh, I Well, spo spoiler alert, it's happening. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, because what I was going to do is just say, since I can't give one to either of them, I'm just going to give one to Ross for kissing <laughs> his friend's mom. <laughs>
Oh, so mean. But if I guess if if we're sp- splitting eggplants, I guess we could split eggplants. Well, I, we each do what we want to do. Obviously, I've been giving eggplants to the same person I've given steaks to several times. But you don't <laughs> yeah, but I did. I did it to the stand as well. All right. Well, yeah. So, um, uh, Monica fights with Phoebe over a guy in a coma, and that's worth half an eggplant to me. And the only reason it's half is because Phoebe is fighting with Monica over a guy in a coma, and so that's okay. half an eggplant. Fine, you can't give either, you can't give either one a whole eggplant, just like they can't handle a whole man. All right, but let's not start with like one and a half. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> in an episode where again they literally share yeah, yeah. a man. That's what I'm saying. I, that's why yes. I'm agreeing with it, and okay. I I wanted to do the same thing. Right. So like it has to make sense. Like okay. I, well, we just can't go crazy with this shit. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so but we're generally in agreement. Uh, I also give Chandler two stakes: one for forgiving Ross and one for forgiving his mom. I think those are two good acts of forgiveness from Chandler. Uh, um, Joey. What a devoted son, the way he earnestly defends the honor of his mom's hotness. <laughs> um, I think that absolutely his mother could probably also cook a mean steak, and that's what Joey deserves. So he gets a steak. And Ross, I mean, I said this before, is my best friend. Like He got to make it with a hot, older, a hot older woman, and so he earns a steak for that. And he helped his friend have an important conversation with his mother, and he earns a steak for that. So two steaks mm. for our boy Ross, who could definitely use them because he's deep into the eggplants <laughs> early on yeah. in the show. Yes. Yeah. So I'm. I so Ross gets two steaks. Chandler gets two steaks. Joey gets one. Uh. Yeah. And then the girls. Uh. None today with Monica and Phoebe splitting the uh, the eggplant. Okay. Mm. There you go. So I think Alan <laughs> will become the yardstick against which all future boyfriends will be measured. You know, we talk about whether all future boyfriends how they would compare to Alan. I I think that Nora Bing would actually be awesome, and I think Ross should go for it. Right. Once once Chandler's in a position where he can accept it. Why not? Yeah, I don't think I don't think they constitute a boyfriend girlfriend relationship. Well, I don't, and I don't think she's looking to, to settle down either. So yeah, I wouldn't yeah. think so. Well, I, well, with the guy in the coma, what about him? <laughs> I don't think they I don't think they constitute a, a boyfriend girlfriend relationship well, 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 either. Speaking of which, what happened to Fun Bobby? We, Fun Bobby's in the last episode, right? Uh, Monica reaches out to him, comes to the New Year's party. He's very sad. His grandfather just died, but now he's just going to disappear again. Monica was yeah. just using him for the party. Yeah, and evidently Phoebe is so desperate after David moving to Minsk that, that, part she's, makes sense. Yeah. that she's going after Finding guys in comas. Yeah, yeah. It, but it's weird the note, like she's like, oh, well, I can never meet a guy like this. How about like at least mention or reference David, the love <laughs> of your life that you dated yeah. for all of, you know, two weeks last December, in December. Yeah, except then like six million people aren't going to watch the next show because like we, we don't, I don't know who what's going on. Yeah, like they need to make everything self-contained. Yeah, also, like, there's none of that. Yeah, it was like three weeks apart. It's a whole new year. We're in 1995. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. It's all everyone. Everything is wiped clean. Right, no one well, knows who David is. Should we wipe clean and head to the postman? Um, are we ready for that? Yeah, I don't think me. we have any. Uh, no, no curb crossovers. I don't think. Um, okay, yeah, let's head to the postman. Postman, postman, come here. Tell the neighborhood. I guess there was some screw up at the damn post office. <laughs> To tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the U.S. Post Office? No, more like U.S. Lost Office. <laughs> what are they, Irish? Hashanda! Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Jew! Um, first off, in the postman, we have Amir Benarsh, mm. who says, I thought this was an okay episode overall, and although they did a good job with it, it was a bit of an interesting choice of conflict to have Chandler and Ross fight about at this point at this in the series i have bigger issues with the monica phoebe storyline though aside from the hospital letting these two unrelated strangers spend hours and hours in a john doe's room which is insane 
It's also creepy as all hell. Imagine switching around the storyline so that Joey and Chandler are, are obsessed with a hot girl in a coma, caressing her hair, grooming her, changing her pajamas. Overall, I'm sorry, I'm laughing. Overall, I give the episode a 3.3. 3. A couple yeah, of other it. notes. Did you guys catch at the very beginning of the episode? There's the Joey DVD poster. We hmm. certainly did. I assume you already discussed the mention of Bizarro World. At least Friends came first this time. I don't remember Bizarro World. What was that? What's the Bizarro World here in Friends? I don't remember. We can look it up. We have the scripts. Oh, oh, Joey. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Joey says... Oh, um, in Bizarro World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About but it's no about big deal. About something no big, with, right, yeah. with the code, right, right, kissing the mom. Yeah. It's no yeah. big deal in Bizarro World. It was a very similar line as later when Ross will say, yes, yes, that's totally normal in prison. Yeah. In that's Bizarro World. Yes. Yeah. So in Bizarro um, World, you do kiss your friend's sisters. I suppose. Um, you, you only kiss your friend's sisters. Um, Joey tells Ross that kissing sisters is okay. Uh, doesn't Joey get upset later when, yes, we talked about that, when Chandler kisses one of his sisters, yes. Um, okay, thanks, Amir. We turn next to Zachary Louie, who says, Hey, Alex and Av, the one with Mrs. Bing might be the most sitcom-y episode thus far. Monica and Phoebe falling for a guy in a coma is already a stretch, but then they inexplicably never learn his name. Also, I get that a joke is that a coma guy is ultimately indifferent to Monica and Phoebe, despite the backstory they've invented. But I find it hard to believe that any guy waking up from a coma wouldn't be a little bit interested in why two beautiful women have been caring for him. I'm assuming we'll see Mrs. Bing again in the future, and this is just a character introduction. She was funny, and I liked her meta joke about Paolo being a disposable character. I was going to feel bad for the actor portraying Paolo for being called a secondary actor, but then I remembered he got paid to show up to work, say virtually no lines, and just make out with Jennifer Aniston in every one of his scenes. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> not the best episode, but it had its moments. 2.3 move points. Best friend is Mrs. Bing. She seems like a bad mother, but her pep talk to Ross makes her an all right friend. That's fair. I could see, yeah, she's definitely a good wingman, I bet. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, I bet she's great at talking somebody up. Um, fucking asshole is Ross for kissing Chandler's mom. Um, fair enough. Love the show as always, Zach Louie. Um, yeah, Mrs. Bing is great because like she'll like like if you're like a guy who like you you want her to help you get a girl, like she'll help you get a girl, and then if 100%. she can't, then she'll then, then she'll yeah, sleep exactly. with you. she'll be the backup. <laughs> right. So it's like it's a lock. Um, okay. Elizabeth Berry says, Hey, Alex and Av, what's your grip size? Uh, eight and a half. Mm. What do you think Coma Guy's name is? Um, that's a good question. Um, uh, Martin. Martin? Martin I, Coma Guy. You, I, I don't see Martin as like a handsome guy with that wavy hair in 1995. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not how naming a baby works. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> um, she gives uh, 2.9 moot points. Um, she says, the best friend is Chandler for forgiving Ross and Joey and talking it out with his mom. The asshole is Monica for putting a guy in a coma. You know what? That's true. That should be, <laughs> oh, the, yeah. the, that should be the tiebreaker. The woo-woo caused the coma. Yeah, that she yeah. caused it. You know what? I'm switching mine. I think that's good. That's good. I like it. I see no I – don't, I, I was specifically looking to not have to split. I don't like splitting. You only get one. You have to pick someone, in my opinion. You're you're keeping yours, I assume. I'm splitting. That's how you're it's splitting. going. That's yeah. fine. You do you. Yeah. Um 
And then she gives all five stakes to Chandler, partially because everyone else is problematic and because he was mature, forgave his friends, and slightly mended his relationship with his mom. The eggplant is split between Monica, Phoebe, Ross, and Joey. Monica and Phoebe were being creepy with with Coma Guy, Ross for kissing Nora, and Joey for covering it up. Okay. Who will be next? We have an email from Kyle King who says, let's start, our, let's start out by saying kissing your mom's, kissing your best friend's mom is definitely bad. But who would you be more mad at, your friend or your mom? Um, I think usually your mom. Then we get Monica and Phoebe catcalling, and while funny has never made sense to me in terms of picking someone up, the success rate has to be under 1%. Even Joey doesn't say woo. <laughs> the episode had a ton of one-liners, but I thought the laughs were pretty mild. I did really enjoy the racquetball bit. Line of the episode goes to Monica with, what question did I ask? <laughs> right? That, yeah, that was that, good. That's good, yeah. Um, 2.9 moot points for Kyle. Okay, Beat Rose. Apologies to Beat Rose. I, uh, I misplaced his email last week. It'll be lost to history. Um, if, uh, if anyone wants the uh, the Beat Rose email from last week, I will email it to them. So send me an email. You can have it. Um, otherwise, it'll be lost to history. Um, Phoebe wants to get yesterday's newspaper to fact check her horoscope. Seems smart. To think newspaper stands could sell day-old newspapers at a discount rather than throwing them out, but probably not enough people interested to use the space displaying them. All sounds right. And maybe too many people would buy the wrong paper by mistake and complain. Also sounds right. Yeah. I'll stop coming up with three business ideas for 90s newspaper stands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seems like th this wouldn't work well. Um, spoiler to Alex Orvitz. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. But it's funny when Joey is talking to Ross about problematic hookups and talks about how hooking up with a mom breaks the code, but hook up with a sister is okay. Ross has been warned. Yes. Um, I think we already spelled that. Um, yeah. And I think that's kind of just known. But if not, sorry. Um, now it's known. Um, stakes, four to Joey. I think he did a really good job navigating a very rough situation. Um, he had to talk Ross into being honest while not writing him out to Chandler, but getting Ross to do it himself. Joey takes a lot of heat this episode for being a good friend, and this isn't the last time. Um, one for Rachel. She's just hanging out with her boyfriend, having a great time, and meeting an author she loves. Um, yeah, I was. That's what I said too. Um, and the other point goes to Ross. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Best friend is Joey. Asshole is Ross. Two point five moves. Okay, winding things down. We turn it over to Jim Crumley, who says Mrs. Bing is a good episode. The two storylines that had a good mix of comedy and drama. The opening of the episode with the backs, the backlot shot of the newsstand felt a little odd. Are there as many outdoor scenes in the rest of the series as there are in season one between the scene and the and the Nana's funeral scene? Also, what literary agent lets her client go by Nora Tyler Bing? That name is so clunky. Just Nora Tyler would have been way better. Plus, has there been another guest star across all of your podcasts whose star has dropped further than Morgan Fairchild? So she must have been much more famous. She was so already descending rapidly club? in 1995. He says, but she had such a big deal. She was such a big deal in the 80s. Now, is there anyone under 30 who even knows who she is outside of Mrs. Bing? 3.9 moves. Yeah, so I guess this, the, the, the soap opera that she was on must have been very, really big in the 80s, right? 
Do we even know what it was? I wasn't I, familiar I so. with it. Yeah. I wasn't, when I read the name of the sitcom earlier, it wasn't like one that was like, to me, one of the really big ones. Um, okay. Oh, so she was on Dallas for some time too. So that's, I guess, pretty big. Um, Search for Tomorrow was the soap opera. So yeah, I don't know what that is. She was on that for like five years. That's mm-hmm. like her main role. Well, okay. Um, yeah, so I don't know. She's famous for being famous for us. Yeah. I mean, as, as I said, I think having a very cool name. It's a great is name. A big part of it. Better yeah. than Nora Tyler Bing. Yeah. Morgan Fairchild is a great name. It's like super elegant. Sounds like It sounds like you're like a, a princess. Mm. Fairchild. For Morgan Fairchild of House something. Yeah. The third. Um. He um, Jim says that the fucking asshole is the coma guy. Yes, Monarch and Phoebe were being creepy, but he's got to at least pretend to be appreciative. He's definitely not a Midwesterner. <laughs> Come with guy is Mrs. Bing. Yes, she kisses Ross, but so what? He's a grown man, and they were both a bit tipsy. She also gives some good advice and mended fences with Chandler. For his steaks and eggplants, he gives two steaks to Chandler. He gets mad at Joey and Ross, but he calls out his scary mom and makes up with everyone by the end. One steak each to Phoebe and Monica. Yes, it gets a little creepy and tropey, but creeping on Coma Guy started out somewhat nice. One steak goes to Ross. He kissed a pretty lady and came clean to his friend about it. One eggplant goes to Rachel months later, and she still has high school levels of PDA with Paolo. Plus, her novel is bad. Maybe only subject one friend to it to start. Okay, good advice. Zach Brooks says, I'm Zach, and I love that podcast sound. I must have you. <laughs> Ross is awfully judgy about Joey's comments about his own mother. Weekend at Bernie's is on HBO. Synergy, sadly, it's not on Max. Speaking of movies, I was going to accuse this episode of ripping off the plot of While You Were Sleeping, but that movie came out in April 1995, and this episode aired in, in January. More Synergy. Very funny episode, especially all the morning after hallway stuff. Four moves. Steak goes to Joey for comedy. Steak to the coma guy for Kavorka. Eggplant to the terrible hospital security. And do we end with Olin Allen? We do end, as we always do, with Olin Allen, who says, I love seeing Agitated Chandler. Great episode for and great awkward dynamic for Joey to play off. Ross was sure missing the buddy Marcel badly now. Great appearance by Morgan Fairchild. Three stakes to Chandler for getting resolution with his mother, standing up to Ross, and plenty of great quips. Two stakes go to Rachel, having a good time with Paolo as she should. The eggplant goes to Ross for breaking the code and not doing enough with a chance at drunk acting. And the best friend goes to Paolo for his smooth finger-looking moves. Sure hope he knows how much he rolls up Ross and enjoys it. Riles up Ross. The fucking asshole is Ross. Get back to Marcel, and I may <laughs> like you again. Oh, yeah, what happened to Marcel? No mention at all. This <laughs> and he gives the episode 3.8 moves. Oh, well, that's very, very close to me. This is all a moo point. <laughs> huh. A moo point? <laughs> yeah, it's moo. And by very close, I mean exactly the same. Uh, this episode, I thought it was a very funny episode. Um, Joey has numerous funny lines. Um, and even though I, I didn't uh, remember it uh, when I said I did last week, I should have. Very enjoyable. And I agree with Olin exactly. 
3.8 moves. Yeah, um, I'm a bit lower. Um, I thought the whole the whole Monica and Phoebe thing I thought was just like really dumb. Um, just like, I was really taken out of it, but with like how preposterous it was, like that. First of all, just like the creepiness, but then also like even just like in a vacuum, like that these two like very beautiful, like eligible women would be like wasting this time, like <laughs> like chasing. But this that's guy like in a, a premise of this show, right? Like they'll constantly be inability to I find guess, a man, but like he's you literally know? in a coma. Yeah, yeah. No, he is. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so I, I really just couldn't get on board with that. Um, I'll and you know, the, and the rest of it, like there was some like jokes here and there, but like I really think the whole, the episode as a whole was a kind of a downer. Um, I will say it is two point six moves. Two point six low for you. Wow. Yeah. So I'm on the low end here. Um, yeah. This is my um, third third lowest episode overall. Um, it's your fourth highest. Um, the audience overall gave it a three point two. That gives us a to- total overall grade, also a three point two. Yeah, so the, yeah, right. the the audience lines up exactly with the uh, in between the them. overall. Yeah, and that makes this our seventh ranked episode mm. so far out of eleven. Um, mm. I did figure out what was wrong with our spreadsheet, um, so now we have proper ability oh. to see the the rankings. Oh, the, the listeners don't know because I edited out that whole conversation last time. <laughs> oh, okay. So then, whatever. yeah, when you were trying to figure out for like several minutes, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I didn't feel like we had to leave. That so. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Are you going to leave enough for the for spreadsheet discussion from earlier? Um. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Leave that all in. Okay. Because yeah, cool. you ask for help. So. Yeah, oh yes. Help. Yes. We need help. Yeah. We need help. We need help. Yeah. I will note, by the way, that um the overall rank among all the internet rankings is also pretty low. It's uh one seventy five overall. Oh really? So yeah, uh, not so high. Uh, next week. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. <laughs> is a, a higher ranked episode. It is the one with the dozen lasagnas. So next week we're going to be apportioning five steaks and an eggplant and 12 lasagnas. So this, <laughs> a, a huge feast will be had next week. Very exciting. Yeah, I suppose we should get out lasagnas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, that'll be tough. Lasagnas. Yeah. All right, Av. Well, I look forward to uh, this feast with you next week. I look forward to it as well. Bye. Juice.